Hey, my friends. This is Kerry Human. I'm with my co-host, Aaron Jason. Aloha. Aloha. And welcome to Shatter the Matrix. This podcast was created to inspire ordinary people to live extraordinary lives. And we have a very special guest for everyone today, a dear friend of mine, another one from Hawaii. <laughs> it's just a magnet for healers and, and change agents and all of that alike. Gerilyn, I, I don't have a description for Gerilyn. <laughs> you can't really put her in a box. And so uh, she, she has a whole lot to share with us today. And Gerilyn, here on Shadow the Matrix, we really like to focus on, on getting to know the being. And uh, yesterday's show, we, we really got into how being is simply enough. And flowing that into whatever doing, however the doing takes shape, we are here to be in hold space, and I know we, we just talked about that uh, a couple minutes ago before we got on the call. So please tell us who you be, Gerilyn. Well, I recently came to the realization, and, and I, have been, I have been psychic and intuitive my entire life. I became a professional psychic in 1994 um, by demand, we'll say. And I feel that I be love and nurturing and the Earth Mama. Earth Mama. Earth Mama. Earth Mama. Um, <laughs> love those it. people, a, a lot of times I am described that way as being people just feel secure and safe when I'm around. I am fiercely loving. Fiercely loving Earth Mama. See, that's why I couldn't yeah. offer a description in the beginning. <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, and I love all people. And I try to be as open to whoever you are and allowing you to be who you are by being who I am. And I feel that that's really necessary. We feel like we have to mold ourselves to other people. And we have to compromise who we are for other people to feel comfortable when in reality is the only way for us all to feel comfortable is if we are who we are and if we be who we be. Anything less than that and you're trying to, you know, fit into Cinderella's shoe, glass slipper. You can see right through that glass slipper. Your toes don't fit. (laughs) You're not fitting in there. And no matter how much you cut off your heel or you cut off a toe, that slipper is still not going to fit. So... We need to become more aware of that and simply generate love. And I feel that as a space holder and one of the things I'm meant to do here in physical form is to help others feel loved and to really generate that loving vibration, that nurturing, that support. We can so relate to that. Yeah. So... I mean, you've been to our full moon ceremonies, Mr. Aaron. That I have. You were on the island. And uh, it was here to Eternity Beach. Mm. For, yeah. for anyone who knows that movie, we would gather and build this beautiful bonfire. Shaman David Christopher Elo mm-hmm. would lead us through a shamanic journey in, in the light of the full moon. It was just, it was like a dream. 
It was amazing. I, I miss those days. And uh, Shaman Christopher is now in Seattle, Washington, and I am now in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, for the moment. Just like I'm in Rochester for the moment. Yes. <laughs> in the now, in the right now, in 2014, this is where we are. But our energetic is spread throughout whoever we speak to, wherever we've been, whatever we think about, our energy goes there. And what I would like my energy to be is to be a very loving essence, a very welcoming, forgiving essence. And we we often, especially in today's society, I don't even want to say underestimate, we don't even recognize the value in that. We don't recognize that space holding, like we were saying yesterday, is service. It is a job, but not in an obligatory sense. Yeah, yes. Speaking of jobs, Gerilyn, I again, I just want to thank you for being on the show. I have a chance to get to know you as well. Um, you know, you said something earlier that um, you know you becoming a psychic was kind of um, perhaps you didn't use the word force, but it was kind of a calling. Um, I mean, what was the tipping point for you? We joked about this yesterday, but when you're a kid, you know, people ask you what you want to be when you grow up, and no one raises their hand and says, I want to be a psychic or a change agent. Like, those, we just don't realize that we can be those things. Like, what, what shifted in your life that put you on this path of, of being a healer? Well, when I was young, I started reading other people when I was in grade school. I was in Catholic school. Mm-hmm. And uh, some of my other classmates would come to me and ask for advice. I would want to know what spirit, and by spirit I mean Holy Spirit, God, the all that is, whatever you want to refer to it as, um, what spirit had to say or, or what the big picture looked like and where we were going and that kind of thing. And as a kid, I mean, I just thought everybody saw the world the way I saw the world. And my mother kept telling me, and I didn't believe her until I was probably 25, she said, you know, the rest of the world doesn't operate the way you do. You think people think the way you do, and they don't. It's a hard reality to swallow, isn't it? Well, it is, and it is also a good thing to learn because it's mm. it's something that I feel, by being who I am and by walking through the world in confidence in who I am, it allows others to do the same and figure out who they are. And it also opens up doors to new possibilities in a whole new world that before this moment in time wasn't even considered. So what was my tipping point? To become a psychic, my tipping point was I had a friend who had a possession uh, by a spirit, uh, a ghost actually, and I had to deal with that situation, and then deal with the whole other side of reality that most of us never see. I don't know if you've ever seen the uh, the movie uh, Constantine. Now there's a television show, and one of the things Constantine says is, like, if, if you see them, they see you. So there's this whole other side of our world Another that we dimension. try to pretend doesn't exist. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, there's yeah. nothing that makes me more aggravated than hearing an adult tell a child that there's no such thing as ghosts. Hmm. Um, because we all in our core, everybody knows that that is not true. If it was true, we wouldn't be so afraid of it. And if it was true, then there wouldn't be, at this point, so much scientific evidence to their existence. So... 
it's just ridiculous that in this day and age, people are still saying that to their children and really messing their kids up. And not just ghosts, but anything. Uh, all of the multiple uh, layers and d- dimensions, if you will, uh, of reality that we just can't see from this perspective. In and 3D. right now, the world is changing so that people who uh, will refer to as muggles, who have traditionally been muggles and just been in denial all this time, are starting to see things. And the thing is that once we're exposed to it, our minds are so powerful that as we move away from it, even people who have had experiences firsthand will after a time deny that it actually happened or start questioning whether they actually, is that really a memory? Did that really happen to me? I I do it myself sometimes to some things because I'm just like, that is just too off the wall. Mm-hmm. So I think it's about being open. I'm going to change I, that word, not open, being aware. I don't know about you guys, but particularly if I go into the bathroom in my house, I see points of light everywhere, like yeah. little little photons everywhere. Especially and, in your bathroom? <laughs> yeah, and I'll, I'll tell you why. I'll, I have a theory. I okay. think it may be because... It's a silver mirror, and I know that. Oh, okay. That's the only thing I can think of because nowhere else in the house do I see these photons. I mean, I see photons if I look outside. You just see them kind of shimmering, the the, the makeup of our reality. But yeah, often when I'm in the bathroom, I see these points of light zipping across as if, as if there's there's a a, a thinner veil in yeah. the bathroom. Well, and it could be it could be the mirror. It could be the combination of the silver and the re- the reflective surface mm-hmm. that it heightens whatever is there because it's everywhere. I mean, I thought as a kid everybody saw that way. You know, a lot of us did. We just turned it off. And I don't even know. I don't think I ever turned it off. I just didn't realize not everybody was seeing it. You know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was all like, hey, check that out. There's a blue one today instead of all being white or they're dip- multicolored or whatever. It was just like fireworks all the time, especially if you looked in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um, now I have a question for you guys. Ooh, turn it on us. Let's hear it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Love recently it. I've had the experience of um, during the summer there were a couple times where I looked out the window and it almost appeared to be sleeting. Mm. Not snowing, but sleet, like it's like a silvery gray, very fast, almost like like snow on the television, but outside. Mm. Inside the house, that energetic was not there. It was only outside the house, directly outside the window. And if I walked outside, I could see it and feel it, but inside the house, it was not there. Mm. I want to hear what your theory wow. is about what that is and, and know if anybody else actually saw that. <laughs> I was going to... I was going to say before you said it, it wasn't actually, you said it wasn't actually physically there when you walked outside, right? Well, it was energetically there. It was energetically there. Yeah, because yeah, the, yeah. the first thing that came to mind before you said energetically there, I just pictured that God knows what coming down from the chemtrails. <laughs> that's a, that's oh a whole other conversation. But uh, I... I haven't witnessed that. I, I did start in 2010 noticing, like I said, the, the photons. I, I see the, the points and particles of light that make up the fabric of our reality. I don't know how else to describe it. And I would start telling friends, and they'd be like, yeah, you, 
I've seen those my whole life, or I just started seeing them recently. So the only the only way I can relate to that is as we're uh, as the veil is thinning more and more on the planet, we're able to perceive that which has always been there, but we just weren't able to pick up on. Carrie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I think it's a really interesting question. I, um, you know, over over the years, I've I've experimented with um, some hallucinogenics, and I'm not afraid to say that um, they've been all for medicinal purposes. And I feel like in those states of consciousness, I have experienced stuff like that. However, I find that uh, for me, just on a on a normal day, I personally don't pick up on that. And that kind of helps me to segue into the next question for you, Gerald. And it's, mm-hmm. you know, I think a lot of people have this misinterpretation of, you know, what a psychic is or what an energy healer is. You know, people think about, you know, Cleo, the psychic, or they think about <laughs> Whoopi Goldberg. Miss Cleo. Uh, Whoopi yes. Goldberg's character in Ghost. You know, they just have no mm-hmm. no really clear, no real clear experiences with a, with an actual psychic. And I, I guess I'd be curious to know, like, what what is a psychic to you? What is, what what exactly is it that you do for people? Because I think a lot of people are just very unclear about what a psychic is because our mainstream has made a psychic look like everything but what a psychic is. So I'm just curious. I'm, I'm yeah. just, I, I would like to open it up just for you to just share, like, what is it that you do? If someone comes to you, how do you walk them through the process? What does that look like? I help people recognize the landscape, basically. The one thing that, that I take umbrage to is when um, there are psychics out there who tell people, well, this is going to happen. This is what's going to, you're going to meet tall, handsome, and he's going to come in. This is going to be the day. And this is what's going and in reality, things don't work that way. Mm-hmm. Now, if you plant that in somebody's head that that is absolutely going to happen, that's what they're going to be looking for. They will filter for it. And something similar will probably happen. But I believe our responsibility is to help people see the possibilities and see what their choices are and to open them up to those choices. So what I do is if I'm giving you a reading, I go into your energetic and your energetic will branch off into possibilities. And I follow those branches. I follow those lines into the future, three months, six months, or I may not know what the timeline is and tell you, okay, if you make this decision, this is where this is going. If you make this decision, it's going in this direction. If you make this decision, it's a completely different direction. If you make no decision at all, this is where spirit is going to hit you. Mm-hmm. So I think our responsibility is to give you the choices, to lay it out on the table and let you know the repercussions of those different choices as well as the probabilities that lie therein. So how's our decision to do this show? <laughs> <laughs> I think you guys are doing great. And, I, and like I said, I was listening to the last show uh, before great. we got on the air. And you sounded wonderful. It sounds very, the energetic behind it is very uplifting. And I talked to you about it before you started, Mr. Aaron. You know that. Absolutely. And you've been doing radio shows for years, Miss Gerilyn. Yes, I have. <laughs> I, I started doing... Um, regular broadcast radio in Hawaii back in 99. I was on a KWAI, a talk station, mm. and that was awesome. And it was always a, a wild ride. I did that for a while. And then I started doing Internet radio. I don't remember what year. 2006, 2008, I think 2008 or something like that. 
Mm. And, we and we're learning. It, it's really experiencing a renaissance right now with podcasting because it's it's so convenient for people. Everyone has an iPhone or an Android, and mm-hmm. podcasts they can just listen to whenever they want. They don't have to plan around a radio show time. It's just so easily accessible, and and we 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 really just see the opportunity to reach as many people as possible. The other thing you'd have to remember when you're doing these types of shows is that an immediate response, although it can happen sometimes, is not the norm. Mm -hmm. And just because you don't receive an immediate response doesn't mean that people aren't responding. Mm -hmm. The one complaint I've gotten from, um, I did a radio show with a friend of mine for several weeks, and the complaint was, well, I don't feel like I'm bouncing off of anybody. It's very difficult for me to do. And... We're doing this stuff on Facebook, and we're doing, and nobody's engaging. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, especially when you're dealing with more mindful material, a lot of times people don't engage because they're they're drinking it in, they're mm-hmm. soaking it in, mm-hmm. and it takes time for that to really for them to really digest it, mm-hmm. and then they'll move on later. There have been readings that I've done at, that it'll be years later. Someone will call me and be like, "Oh my God." I can't believe you told me this like three years ago and all this is happening now and it's exactly the way you said it was going to be and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, cool. You know, it's great to get that kind of um, affirmation. But at the same time, if you need that kind of feedback, this is not what you need to be doing. Mm-hmm. Because The instant gratification. Yeah, the instant gratification, yeah. it doesn't happen. Yeah. That's not what it's here for. We're here to push, not to push, but to release all this energy out into the world and allow it to continue flowing out way past when we will be here. Yeah, absolutely, Geraldine. And, uh, you know, before we spoke, I, I did a little bit of homework. Um, you know, I was on your website and, you know, kind of going through all the different services and things that you offer. And um, I noticed that you wrote a book, uh, 50 Ways You Can Change the World, Small Steps. And it, and it kind of, I think it kind of segues right into what we were just talking about. It's like, you know, you have 50 ways, these small things that might seem unnoticeable. No mm-hmm. one even appreciates them. But those are the things that create change. I mean, that's what creates a world of love and compassion, these small things. Um, just curious, um, when you wrote this book, um, mm-hmm. where, where were you in your career? Like, what was the intention of, um, you know, creating this? I mean, obviously, you know, you, you want to plant seeds for people to live a better life. But I'm just kind of curious, like, what was the intention behind the book and what has been the experience of having the book out? Well, right now I have four books out. Mm-hmm. Um, 50 Ways That You Could Change the World was my first release onto Kindle, my mm-hmm. first ebook, And I had already published as a PDF um, the five L's of parenting. Mm-hmm. When I was doing that, I just... One of my pet peeves is people saying, oh, well, you know, whatever I do doesn't count, and this doesn't count, and... And I think uh, people are like, oh, well, one person can't change the world. It's only one person at a time that the world changes. Yeah. That's the only way it starts. There always is a leader. There always is somebody who takes that first step. And as a society, did, did you know that if you were getting mugged in a crowded subway, you would be less likely to be helped than if you were being mugged and there were only three or four people there? 
I read a study on that, and that's that just blows my mind. Yeah, because people, everybody's waiting for somebody Everyone's else. Everyone's waiting for someone else. Yeah, right. When I was running movie theaters back when I first started my career, in my early twenties. We had a gentleman who took a heart attack. It was Saturday night, packed house, over 1,500 people in our lobby. Guy went down. One person did react. Um, She put him on his back and everything. I was upstairs in the office. We get this call that uh, somebody fainted. So I ran downstairs, um, and I started doing CPR. And because I started doing CPR, then everybody else reacted. Mm. Then suddenly there was a doctor beside me helping me. Somebody else had put ropes up, backed everybody else up. Somebody else had called an ambulance. You know, like it's I like how the doctor came after you. Oh yeah, <laughs> the doctor, the doctor's standing there, twiddling his thumbs. Exactly, and did not want to get involved. Didn't want to get involved. Hmm. And wow. then. Um, I guess it's a it's a good thing I'm psychic because I just kind of scan the crowd. I'm like, you get over here, <laughs> and he happened to be a doctor. Mm. So, but you need that one person who's going to make that change. I could tell you all kinds of movie theater stories <clears throat> because I did it for um, six or seven years. I loved being in the theaters. I loved working with teenagers where this was their first job and their first experience. Mm-hmm. And I ran really huge theaters, like the busiest theater in America for a while, to really small theaters where the whole staff was only 13 people versus having a staff of over 106 other managers. Wow. And it's always been awesome. I just love it. I love working with the public. I love engaging people. I'm that person who's walking around Walmart and everybody's asking me where stuff is, even though I'm dressed, you know, in my shorts and T-shirt. I obviously don't work there. <laughs> but people will come up and ask me things. And it's from when I was a kid. I Let me just say, yeah. thank you for your service, because I can't stand being in a Walmart. So better you, <laughs> better you than me. Well, and actually, Walmart specifically, I have stopped going to Walmart since they did that thing with Tracy Morgan, yeah. where the driver hit him. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning, they seemed very upstanding and say, you know, we're going to do what we can. We're going to help. We're going to, you know, find this out. And then the lawyers got involved, and now they're like, oh, well, he should have had a seatbelt on. We shouldn't be responsible because he didn't have a seatbelt. <laughs> oh, no, 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 honey. We're not. You know how the other, the other day we said we do not endorse 401Ks? Well, mm-hmm. let me state publicly that we do not endorse Walmart. So, there Walmart, if, if, for any reason, you have any intent to advertise on this podcast. You've got to go somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> it just it, it lacks integrity, and there are so many businesses right now. Uh, the other thing on my Facebook page, I have um, places that are open on Thanksgiving. That's just wrong. There's no reason why people need to work on Thanksgiving. Other than firemen and policemen, emergency workers... They kind of have to because people will die if they're not. Sure. Uh, short of that, nobody should be working on Thanksgiving. I don't care what anybody says. And I don't want to, oh, well, we make more money if we open on Thanksgiving. Guess what? I don't care. You don't need to make that extra $10 or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't believe in that. I believe families should come first. And, Gerilyn, I want to highlight something uh, we were talking about just prior to recording that I wish we had recorded, but... You you were really just starting to get into how 
humanity is not inherently programmed to uh, step on one another's neck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's something we learn. That's something we teach our children. Mm. If you really watch, if you believe that we come from primates, that we've developed out of those systems, and you watch their structures, their structures are not dog-eat-dog, as they say. Even wolves don't do that. (laughs) Speaking about dog-eat-dog, wolves act as a unit. They support and help one another. And yes, there are the alphas who are the leaders, because as we said earlier, we need leaders. We need good leaders of high integrity to lead. By example. Lead by example, yeah. And um, I don't believe that we were, that we are programmed through our DNA to be bitter and mean and angry and hateful towards one another. That's something we're taught. That is something that is absolutely societal and has nothing to do exactly with how we're born or our spirits, our souls at all. Mm -hmm. So, and on that note, one of the things I love to do and that I, I seem, spirit seems to be pushing me in this direction because I've had this book sitting and mostly done. It's open right now. It's uh, Love the Child You Have, Not the One That You Wanted, The First Law of Parenting. Mm. I'm doing more parenting, um, intuitive coaching for parents and helping parents to support their child and who they are and in, the, in their development so that children are raised with more of a loving kindness kind of a paradigm than the societal doggy dog. That's where it all begins. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Gerilyn, we... The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. That's right. Yep. Mm-hmm. We want to we wanna ask you the two questions we ask all of our guests and then uh, share with our listeners how they can get in touch with and, and connect with you. Uh, the first question is what does it mean to you and you were in our video you were in our freedom artist video and we want to thank you for being a part of that that was really fun and and amazing to see just how how quickly our friends jumped on board to help us with that it turned out great whoever did your editing did very well wasn't me thank you I have a background in film also, just so you know. Oh, nice. I know good editing, so it's it was very well done. Right on. Thank you. Thank you. Hence your, your experience in the uh, movie theaters. That's awesome. Yes. And uh, I met Carrie in film school, so it makes sense. <laughs> That's funny. I think you teach people through, you teach people through entertainment, because that's what sticks with people. Yeah, absolutely. It's especially things that they laugh at. So if you can create the right types of entertainment, it can be really educational while being really enjoyable at the same time. And that is profound, a profound teaching tool. So profound. So, Miss Geraldine St. Joseph, what does it mean to you to be a freedom artist? Because you had so much conviction in the way you you (laughs) said it. I was convinced. (laughs) (laughs) I... As a freedom artist, I believe it's about not being defined and not limiting ourselves to a box. 
It's about expressing who we are in our fullness and our wholeness and allowing others then to do the same. Because we grow up with this belief or we're taught this belief system that we have to bend and compromise who we are in order to make other people feel comfortable. When in reality, the opposite is true. When we fully express who we are, it gives them the space to fully express who they are. And that's where we're all most comfortable. And then people are like, well, what if you're an a-hole? Well, you're taught to be that. Most of us are not that. And guess what? There have to be protagonists and antagonists in every story. It's part of the growth process. And it's still about being able to see through other people's eyes and being able to appreciate someone for who they are and where they are, regardless of what that is. I love asking that question so much because we just get the best answers and they're all different, but they're all the same Mm. in the same way. Which leads me to our last question, which is what does it mean to you to shatter the matrix? Hmm. To shatter the matrix means just being, living fully, being who you are. Once we all realize that that's all we need to be and that we don't need to kowtow to anyone else or anybody else's ideas or ideals of who we are, the matrix is gone. Hmm. It no longer exists. It can't. Hmm. So, tell our, tell our matrix-shattering listeners <laughs> <laughs> how they can get in touch with you for... Uh, just to connect or for a reading, if, if there are different uh, modalities to get in touch for different things, where we can find your books. We'll have a link to your books on our show notes page. Awesome. I have many websites, depending on what you're looking for. So I am on Facebook under my name, Geraldine St. Joseph, and Geraldine is with a G. I am also on Twitter and LinkedIn. And the best website right now to go to, I'll give you my top three, holisticuniversity.org. I like that. Which is spelled with a W because our idea is to bring you to wholeness, not create a whole. Mm. So in wholeness is spelled with a W, so it's holisticuniversity.org. And I have that website with my partner, Sid Vitale. And then we have Psychic in Hawaii which is with all my friends from Hawaii. And I believe, Aaron, you have a page on that website, do you not? I may or may not. I believe you do. on that website. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and then um, also voiceofspirit.com. And Voice of Spirit is my uh, oldest, most basic website, but it is beautiful. If I do say so myself. <laughs> <laughs> So those are the best ways. My phone number is 808-261-7866. That's 808-261-7866. And my email is Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. And Geraldine is spelled G-E-R-A-L-Y-N. Geraldine at voiceofspirit.com. And Geraldine's being contacted from people all over the world at last for her insights. I did uh, a late night reading for someone in Australia. It's always fun trying to figure out the time zones when somebody is across <laughs> the international line. It's like, wait, no, Friday for me is what day for you? And yeah, fifteen hours ahead. I think it's the future in Australia. Yes. Yeah. 
Carrie, Carrie's good friend uh, Darren lives in Australia. We're going to have him on the show too, and so we're we're always trying to coordinate the times. Yes, always fun, always fun to do that. Wow! So, thank you, Geraldyn, for joining us. Yeah, it's truly been a gift to just learn more about you, Geraldyn, and um, I. Thank you. I'm almost certain that we will uh, get you on here again in the future. Um, just thank you so much for sharing your insights. And, uh, again, if you were not able to, just to our listeners, if you were not able to pick up uh, what Geraldine was saying, we will have a note uh, on the website so uh, everything will be easy to find and they'll be able to connect with you there. And you could always Google it. <laughs> always there Google. is that. Don't forget about yeah. Google. And you just put it in the quotes, Geraldine St. Joseph, and then you get me. What was funny on Google is at one point, I don't know if it still does it, but if you Google my, if you Google the word psychic, this dictionary would come up and they had my picture there with the definition for psychic. Wow. <laughs> and well then. Pic- yeah, it was awesome. And then my if- picture was also there under St. Joseph. Like there was that's a picture of like traditional St. Joseph and then me. And I'm like, I don't know who put that stuff together, but that's kind of cool. I sent it out to my whole family, the St. Joseph side of the family. I said, see, I'm the epitome of the family there. <laughs> so just to recap, Geraldine is the definition of psychic, according to Google and Wikipedia. Yes. If, uh, if that's not reason to connect with her, I don't know what is. <laughs> right on. Well, again. Other than fiercely loving Earth Mama. Everyone <laughs> wants to know a fiercely loving Earth Mama. Exactly. <laughs> well, again, just want to thank you again, Geraldine, uh, for tuning in with us today and just sharing your insights. Uh, we also want to thank all you listeners. Be sure to visit the website, www.thefreedomartist.net. Uh, you can also find us at SoundCloud backslash Shatter the Matrix. Uh, Aaron, anything else you wanted to say, my friend? I think we covered it all today. I think so too. I think so too. Um until next episode, um keep, keep chiseling. Keep chiseling. Aloha. Aloha.